Transmissions from the Dark Side is a tongue-in-cheek look at anthology horror, covering adult themes and concepts in very childish ways. Parental guidance suggested. This week on Transmissions from the Dark Side. Spy versus Spy. Carmen Santiago. Islander. Enter if you dare. Welcome to Transmissions from the Dark Side, where we're watching every episode of Shudder Horror Exclusive Creep Show and reporting it back to you. I am Matt Noss with me at the table. Here we are. It's Jen Hansen. Yay! Hi, Jen. Hi, how's it going? I'm doing great. Uh, this is a week late. Oh, sorry, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Sorry about that. I'm sorry you couldn't stuff yourself with podcast. Uh, but here we are, face to face couple of silver spoons and today what we are doing is we are watching season one episode, episode five, five vignette one of shutter's creep show night of the paw where's matt rose uh matt rose is still our good friend matt rose our intrepid traveler at this point matt rose is still out in europe yes he probably will be joining us next week. Here's hoping. And uh, bon voyage. I miss that tall drink of water. I He's know. definitely not buried in your basement. There's a weird thing that I realized that when you and I started this show, it was only going to be you and I. Yeah. And we've done one episode of you and I. <laughs> and both of us were like, thank God Matt's part right, of the right. show. I know. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with like... My ability to do this Our show rapport, with you. yeah. But it was just like, oh, Matt, Matt is adds a, a thing. Right. <laughs> it was like, oh, that's why we added him in the first place. Because yes. he has a thing. So I'm sure we will never say this to his face. Don't but, tell him. But don't tell him. But we value his input and he adds a thing. To the show that is irreplaceable. Yes. If this is your first time joining us, what we do talk about around these parts is anthology horror. We have finished Tales from the Dark Side. Check. We are two seasons into Monsters. Check, check. And now we're doing Creep Show as a little diversion for ourselves. Check. Good. It's not done yet. Um, tonight's episode, Night of the Paw, what we do around these parts is based on title alone. We guess what this episode's about. And tonight is no exception. That is absolutely correct. Jen, would you like to give me your dark side guess? Sure. Night of the Paw. It's 1957, and Johnny and Sally are enjoying seven minutes in heaven at Makeout Point, when suddenly Sally hears it. Scratch, scratch, scratch. It's the Night of the Paw, and all the dogs want to come inside to pee on you. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know why the dogs want to pee on you. but How horrifying. Yes. Night of the Paw. Dogs are cute until they're not. 
It's a night of the paw, and you can't escape the Alexander Pupkowitz home for wayward dogs. <laughs> but will the diseased corpse of your favorite pupper save you this night? Oh, God. <laughs> it's the night of the paw. It is the night of the paw. It returns zombie dog, oh. and it remembers you enough to save you. It's a real, it's a real, uh, uh, all dogs go to heaven. It is. It's almost enough to make me cry. <laughs> Nearly. Nearly, but I'm not going to. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Neither of those guesses were correct. So, Jen, hit us up with the sweet deets. Here are those sweet deets. Sweet. We watched Night of the Paw, season one, episode five, vignette one. This episode premiered October 24th, 2019. Here is the single line description from IMDb. IMDb. A murderer breaks into a funeral home for shelter and finds a monkey's paw and a man who knows how to use it. That's not what happened. No. 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 The murderer did not break into a funeral home for shelter. No. That's it. She, she knocked on the door and collapsed into it. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Yeah. We keep moving on. IMDb is dropping the ball on these. Well, you were saying that, like, because this show is so new, yeah, almost everything that we have found has been missing or outdated. Correct. So it's a real... It's a real who's who of not putting in an effort. Who's who of who? who? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a who's who of who's who? Of who? Who yeah. are you? Who? Who are you? This episode was directed by John Harrison, uh, a deep friend of the pod and deep friend of Creepshow. Episode was written by John Esposito. He wrote uh, several Walking Dead webisode episodes. Also a, uh, a producer. Bruce Davidson played Avery, a.k.a. Whitey. Best known, at least to me, is playing Senator Kelly in the X-Men movies. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, and lots of other roles. A seasoned career. Hannah Barefoot, working actress, played Angela. She played Melissa in the uh, Lifetime adaptation of Dirty John. Susanna Devereaux played Marjorie. She was in Gatlinburg. She was also in a short called The Assassination of Kelly Clarkson. What? <laughs> All right. Yeah. And uh, the door. Uh, is, is that it? That's it. Yeah. Fuck, okay. <laughs> Real quick one. There were some corpses. Yeah, there was a lot of corpses. Yeah, I guess there's yeah. only two people in the episode. Yeah. Man, okay. Well, here's the deal. Just like this show, this episode has 0% cold open. Right. Like, this cold open barely gets the out before it's over so literally you see an animation of the front of a house maybe the castle it just says number 13 the door opens and uh, animated creep is there yeah credits yeah door opens and we're phoning it in it's as if the creep is saying uh i i have the intro in here somewhere come on in let me find it <laughs> I, I wrote 13 cartoon creep no money yeah. <laughs> like this episode is n not my favorite. I'm going to be honest yeah. to you. This this is not my favorite one so far. And it's not a bottle episode, but it seemed like any money they needed, they were like, take it out of the intros. Yeah. It also feels like 
kind of like with with tales or um monsters it's like they went through they picked the ones that like okay we know these are going to be the winners and then the rest of them get a little less money right these are going to be the winners and these are going to be the hungry man dinner (laughs) yes after the credits it dumps straight to the comic yeah we don't even get the the creep saying like the creep's description of anything there's no creep description at all it is just directly into panels so that they didn't have to drive a car and get permits right i would imagine so it's just like one panel of a car driving one panel of a radio saying the suspect was last seen the next pane of the rain in the car kind of careening. Yep. Then and you then see the car has flipped. And then we get to the title. <laughs> this straight up monkey shines creep. So it is. We had to pause it. It is. It is a, a you know, one of those toy monkey symbol th- yes. things. But with the creep's head on it, yep, it is extremely disconcerting. Yes, it, it has a real uncanny valley. Yes, <laughs> I looked at you and I went, "Wait, <laughs> you mean to tell me that this this symbol <laughs> monkey is also the creep? Is also the creep? Okay, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, with King of the Hill, but I'm, I'm not really, but. But I know the characters. Hank's, Hank's dad, Cotton, uh, got his shins blown off in the war. Yes. <laughs> and so when he walks, it's just this very stiff, and he'll sit, and it's like a teddy bear with just like two little splayed legs, and that's how the creep is sitting. Yes. And it's very, very it dislike. Yes, I disliked as well. Um, the, and literally, it is on this for seconds. Mm-hmm. It is just a title card saying Night of the Paw, and then it goes to the next page of the comic. So we're still in the comic motif, and we see that there is a car that's upside down. And then it goes to live action. And this bitch is mangled. This is a dark and stormy night. Right. And the car is upside down, and I wrote, wait, they can afford an upside down car? <laughs> Can't give me more than two seconds of the creep at a doorway being like, he does nothing. He opens the creep, opens the door, floats there, credits. It wasn't even, he doesn't even beckon you in. It's really just like, it's like the first second of Cribs. Right. Come on in. Exactly. Oh, I didn't see you there. Yeah. Come on in. Let me show you my robes. <laughs> oh, you want to see my mangled hands? These are my candelabras. And these are the souls of the children I steal. <laughs> this is... This, ah, that, that cold open is still rocking me. But we're about like, to see... why bother having it? Why? At that point. Just dump it to credits. Either you start with... I mean... Uh, it was only two episodes back that we had the car- the live-action carving of the pumpkin, trick-or-treat asshole, stabbing the TV on. the. Uh, yes. Like, either... I feel like they should be consistent. Or the, the fortune teller. 
And honestly, the outside of this house looks like a Tandy computerized <laughs> version of like Phantasmagoria, you know, or 100%. Yeah, whatever this was... that mansion was in D. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely a computer generated. This is the, the Splatterhouse game from TurboGrafx 16. And at then, best. And then the door swings open and it's reusing the Car- Ralph Bashke cartoons. <laughs> from creep show too they were like well we still have those yeah. animation stills so it's all fair it's use. the space ghost coast to coast version right yeah but if that would be great that would be great if creep just decided to host a talk show <laughs> i will move on we've got jessica alba on the show <sighs> thank you jessica yeah everybody's a corpse um. So, so cars upside down. Cars upside down. And Her- we're about to see some good makeup. Yeah. Good, but confusing makeup. Her hand is mangled. Why is her? How did her hand get mangled? I, that didn't seem like an accident. That was Mm-mm. that a hand would get mangled in the tree to her sternum or the stick to the sternum yeah. made sense. Yeah. But her mangled hand, it would have been on the. Did she st- hit a tree? No. I thought when you saw her, the mangled hand and the, the stick in her side, I thought that that had happened before she got in the car, and that was what was making her drive erratically. No, I don't think so. That was from the accident? That was from the accident. That's weird. Absolutely. None of this accident makes sense. She was driving around. She was making her favorite birch bark smoothie when... <laughs> what? Hand right into the blender. Backstory. She murdered her husband. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. She murders her husband and goes, well, before I go, I have to do that thing I said I was going to do. I promised him. For Arbor Day. I have to put those trees in the trunk. But I forgot that I also have to put knives on the end. That's the whole deal. He he asked, I promised. This is his dying wish, is to end it, but also do that Arbor Day plant thing. Plant the we... knife trees on Arbor Day. Cough, cough. Oh, please, please. Plant the Arbor Day murder trees. And when you do it, cough, cough, could you dress as the black spy from the Spy vs. Spy cartoons? This is the laziest Carmen Sandiago I've <laughs> ever seen in my life. She is absolutely... Well, they want. Why was this necessary, baby? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there was a point where I was just like, "Wait, is she the shadow? What... <laughs> is, is that what the fuck's happening here?" We flash back at times, and she is in the hospital. So she has just killed her husband, right? Which we will learn later. But she is she's just killed her husband, who was in the hospital. And she is wearing. She mercy a... killed her her husband. We find out that she mercy killed her husband, but she is wearing a black, black turtleneck. A black fedora. And a black, a black trench, trench coat. coat. Black pants, black boots, black everything. And I think it's to fool me into thinking that it's a man, that it's the shadow. But well, why? Wh- Who? What an amazing cares? payoff. <laughs> is this because the Creepshow comics is based in the 50s and 60s? So to have a woman murderer is shocking? I don't know. I don't know. 
man. Okay. We move on. Yeah. She limps to a door. Yeah. She also has a gun. Yes. She, uh, the cops are above where she just flew off the road, but you know, she's moving at the speed of (laughs) mortally wounded. Yeah. And is able to flee the police, even though it's raining and she would have left footprints exactly leading to where she is. Right. Um, but they'll have no idea where to look <laughs> once they find her flip car. Her flipped, flipped car, car followed by this trail of blood, trail of blood and, and fingers, <laughs> loose fingers, blood, boot prints, trees, guns, shells, knife trees. But cool, whatever. Right. Okay. We we cut to Whitey is in the house. He's he's sort of praying. It looks like, uh, and he says, "We hear him say, not much longer, love." And I was like, "Huh? What is going on here?" Yeah. And then he goes uh, to the door because he hears her at the door, and he's like, "Well, this is this wasn't what I was expecting. This wasn't on the menu." <laughs> right. I didn't. <laughs> Thank you, God. <laughs> Who ordered the tits? Yeah, because in walks this va-va-va-voom femme fatale. To be fair, her legs do go all the way up. Her gams are four-course meals. Uh, Clickety-clack. Clickety-clack. I want that back. Sound of her shoes. Clickety-clack. I want you back. Alive. Uh, She passes out in his arms. And then... He takes her to, he is a mortician, takes her down to the, puts her on the slab. So here's the truth. He was working in the lab. He was working in the lab. And he just put her on the slab. Now, funny thing. Um, he must have the most powerful sedatives known to man. Plus, extraordinarily powerful painkillers and antibiotics. Yeah. Because here's the rundown of what my man's does. And I will say, I will say, before we continue to tear this episode a new asshole, I think we've been forgiving with a lot of the rest of them because this is creep show. These are all very, you're sort of suspending your disbelief for a lot of these, these things. But this is, I don't know, this one was a, a bit beyond the pale. IMO. It, it is. Well, it's episode five and... I thought our squishy middles were over. Yeah. And we've had some fledgling episodes. Mm-hmm. And this puts me right back into, like, a place I didn't want to be. You know, like, I, I expected more. I, th- I guess that's the thing is my expectations are higher yeah. for Creepshow. If this would have been an episode of Monsters or an episode of Tales from the Dark Side, I think both of us would have been like, great up. Yep. Great app. Because, and we can talk about this when we get to the writer's room, but what is the point of any of this? This part. This part of her being in the accident. You know, I, I guess it's it's how she was, she's brought to him. Yeah, we, we can talk about it. Ah. Well, she is, by the way, who's this actress again? Uh, uh, Tori Lightfoot. Very comely. Yes. Very attractive woman. Uh, Hannah Barefoot is her name. Hannah Barefoot? Hannah Barefoot. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she is, this is a, a Victoria's Secret commercial. 
Pretty much. This is a Victoria's Secret Halloween commercial because she is now down to her, her lacy skivvies. And I, I wrote um, contusions. <laughs> oh, you are a doctor. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you wrote this in your notes, your write up. Yeah, my write up was uh, contusions. Contusions, titties. Because my man, Dr. Mengele, here is about to pull a stick out of her sternum, cut off two of her fingers. That are fucked up, not not two nice fingers, in no, his defense. In his defense, they are mangled. I'll allow it. They are the mangle ears. Um, so he chops those off. He patches her up. And then... Um, and then she's walking around later like she's fine. It isn't even the next night. It's like not even the next hour. It is 20 minutes later. Yeah. And she is... She's not even limping. She's walking around like, I'm good. At one point, he's like, let's go have a drink. You've lost a lot of blood. Right. She's like, oh, Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Take it easy. Yeah. But when she gets off the table, um, that's where we'll, we'll take a little act break. And we'll be back with more transmissions from the dark side after this. Monster Mash. So, recently, oh, you know what I'm going to do to you right now, Jen? Hmm. I'm going to play a song for you by this okay. band called Islander. Okay. And um, I'm not going to tell you anything about this song. Okay. But I am going to play it to the chorus. So it's about a minute. Is this the monster fuck? No. Okay, you're not just punking me and playing the monster I'm fuck. I'm not punking okay. you and playing the 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 monster fuck. Okay. Okay. It's a real song by a band called Islander. Very alt, very very nineties.
I want to be someone like you. I want to be someone more like you. Someone more like you. <laughs> Coconut Dracula? Yes! When I heard this, I, we covered this band on Roach Coach. When I heard this, I stopped and I said, what? <laughs> and then, seriously, we talked about Coconut Dracula for 20 minutes. Is the line actually Coconut Dracula? The name of the song is Coconut oh, no! Dracula. <laughs> so, so here is why I played it. This is truly from the writer of the song. This is not me making this up. This is what he put on. What is this song about? My family is, is Hispanic. And one day my uncle said something that sounded like Coconut Dracula. I asked him if that's what he said, and he said no. I told him I liked the way it sounded and was going to write a song with that somehow. It's a song about having a new nature. Count Dracula one day finds a <laughs> coconut right. on the ground and bites into it. He discovers that there are beautiful things in the world that have nothing to do with being evil or hurting people. He then gets his name legally changed from Count Dracula to <laughs> Coconut Dracula. Wait, it gets better. This part... This part is fucking next level. He's roommates with a werewolf, yep. Frankenstein, a witch, and a mummy. They are very confused about Dracula's new lifestyle as he is helping with charities, wearing Batman pajamas, and eating fresh <laughs> veggies from the garden. Batman pajamas! This is the last sentence, and this will blow your mind. <laughs> the song is from the mummy's point of view. <laughs> As he is desiring to be filled with the same joy that has captured Dracula's heart. That cannot be by the author. or That cannot be by the, the person that wrote the song. That, I'm not fact-checking it. But this is what was on the kind of genius for this song. Wow. And let me tell you, until those two words are said. That's what I mean. If you were going to write a song about Coconut Dracula, it, Coconut, Coconut should come up way sooner. Because <laughs> that chorus is. Or Dracula should come up way sooner. That is a 90s yep. alt Chorus. Yes. That is a perfect chorus. And then Coconut Dracula. There are a thousand things that would be more suited to that than Coconut Dracula. <sighs> wow. My mind is blown. Your mind should be blown. Yep. And uh with that. And we're back. Wow. The this act basically begins where the last one left off with our heroine getting off of the, I guess, gurney mm -hmm. and finding Whitey, the mortician. Who's working on another nude body. And I go, our first breasts are on a corpse. How am I going to yeah. masturbate to this? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what we get. We, he's working on a corpse and he's like, I knew you would come. I have something for you, ma'am. 
number one clothes, I guess, for <laughs> you are in bra and panties. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, she is. I mean, she's basically. She's lit- yes, she is. She's in- walking around like La Femme Nikita. She, it is very La Femme Nikita with the gun out. Yep. Um, I used to think La Femme Nikita was the coolest. I wonder oh, if that would hold the up. Coolest. Probably the French movie yeah. holds up in the... Point of No Return, maybe not so much. Probably I don't know, it was okay. Point of No Return was okay, but I liked La Femme Nikita a lot better. Yeah. I mean, what happened to Fonda? Where'd she go? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure she's fine, but Bridget Fonda... Did she marry somebody and was just like, well, I don't have to work anymore? Probably. Okay. Well, well, I'll look into it right now. Well, while you do that, let's take a look at uh, a picture of Whitey's wife, <laughs> a.k.a. or a painting. It's a painting yes. that's in their house. And when I saw it, I was like, that just looks like Maya Rudolph. Yes. It looks like a Maya Rudolph character, but it is Whitey's wife. And then uh, it's just, hey, join me in this den to have a real serious conversation about my wife's death. And uh, how you play into this. And uh, our femme fatale sitting on the couch. She now has a robe on. A silky robe. A silky robe. I mean, come on. Crank up the sacks. Mm -hmm. And then we have my man. Uh, He is about to go to a podium that has, uh, you know, an emergency rosary and a box for a monkey's paw. Yes. I put, oh, I got to go to my rosary jail. <laughs> and he's like, uh, it's my wife's birthday. Cool, dude. Who hurt you? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, tonight is about love and fate. And then there's a lot of God talk. Uh, I wrote, talk about God. Her spouse is dead. She's in a silky robe. Oh, yeah. So uh, he talks about how much he adored his wife and takes the monkey's paw out. Unlike uh, uh, other men, I can truly say I loved her completely. Every day of my life. Unlike every other man. Look, ladies. Here, here I am telling you, I'm the good one. Everyone else is a piece of shit. Which is, should be, in my opinion, most men's goal for their partner. Yes. To make every other man look like a humongous piece of garbage. <laughs> yes. So that your partner goes, yes, I have made the correct decision yes. to stay with you. Uh, Bridget Fonda uh, got married to Danny Elfman. And some believe Bridget quit Hollywood to start a family with the famed composer. And that's evidenced by how she put her son, Oliver Elfman, above her career. Well, I was going to say that she joined Oingo Boingo. And- yeah. <laughs> Are they still married? I don't know. I don't know. This article doesn't say. Anyway, he explains the story of this monkey's paw. How did this monkey's paw come to be in his possession? So I feel like that is the part that is a little... He says it was smuggled out of India. Out of Mumbai. And he keeps mentioning the power of the paw, but I believe it was a client who brought it into their ah, life. Okay. And I don't think it was a dead person. I just think it was a client. Yeah. Or a friend-ish 
that brought it into their lives. The monkey's paw had three wishes. Marjorie blew the two, the first two on something for like a recipe, a recipe and a, a sneeze or something. Um, so they had the monkey's paw with one wish left and business was bad. And she asked the monkey's paw for all the money we need and more. The obvious question that our femme fatale asks is, so did you, did people start dying left and right? And Whitey's like, just one. Can uh, you guess who? My wife. My wife. And my wife. My wife. She got the big. Oh, she must have died in a very serious and tragic way. Well, <laughs> could you please go to the cupboard, pull out my copy of Yakety Sacks, <laughs> and put it on the turntable for me? Because. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. This is rough. Now, I know that they're trying to set this mood like his wife died tragically trying to decorate a Christmas tree. So they're showing she died and the money, the wish was fulfilled because he got the insurance payout on her life. So they did get all the money they needed and more. So she is putting... Because they were on the brink of bankruptcy. She is putting decorations. She's putting an angel on the top of their Christmas tree. They're... The Rockefeller Center Christmas tree that they have in their home. Yes, and she is using a stepladder, like basically a one foot up stepladder, holding the the thirty foot tree for balance. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, needless to say, we get this cutaway shot to Whitey in the drinking room, uh, and he hears. Might as well hear the Wilhelm scream. Timber. <laughs> Flump, flop. Oh. Marjorie. Oh my God. His reaction, top 10, is a top 10 yeah. reaction. He, he kind of gives it like a shimmy shake. Uh, hum, uh, huh? And then he walks into the room and we get this delightful <sighs> above looking down at Marjorie on the ground. So she has fallen. The Christmas tree has fallen. She cannot get up. She cannot get up. Uh, because she is, she, she is dead. She dead. She dead AF. And, but the composition of this death scene, there is comedy abounding. <sighs> and I asked Jen to write down just some of the things that she thought it looked like. Let's go back and forth. Okay. Here's the first one I wrote. Oh, it's the Airwalk logo. <laughs> Oh, it's the creation of Adam, if God were a ladder. Hmm. Look at this Lollapalooza 93 t-shirt I found. Oh, I guess it surfs up at Christmas Beach. Surfing Christmas Granny. Yay! And my last one was, isn't that the Dave Matthews Band dancing logo? Did you have one more? Uh, skank on Christmas Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there is <laughs> there is a lot of like, oh, no, to be found in this image. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he doesn't take it well. He does not. This might be this might be a great time, actually, for a little game. Oh, OK. If uh, if you're interested. 
I love games. Okay, great. Well, goodbye. Uh, I'm sorry, we're going to go play Monopoly now. <laughs> Star of this episode, Bruce Davison. Uh, played Senator Kelly in the X-Men movies. Are you familiar with the X-Men movies? Absolutely. Yeah, I enjoyed the X-Men movies very much. So I thought it would be fun to play real senator or fictional senator. Matt, are you ready to play? Real senator, fictional senator. I feel bad playing a game when Matt Rose isn't here, but the game would just make him more upset anyway. Yes. Yeah. So Let's get at it. Yeah. All right. So real senator or fictional senator, Clayton Davis. That sounds like a real senator. Eh. Uh, he was uh, the senator on the wire. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, well, that's why it sounds like a real That's senator. right. <laughs> uh, Richard Shelby. That also sounds real, but it... Oh God, real. Ding! Okay. Uh, June Finch. Fake. Ding. Uh, that was Holly Hunter in uh, Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. Bill McKay. Fake. Ding. That was Robert Redford in The Candidate. Martha, Mc- Martha McSally. Real. Ding. She's from Arizona. Mike Crapo. Real. Ding. Douglas Monroe. Fake. Ding. He's on The Walking Dead. Angus King. Real. Ding. He's from Maine. Tammy Duckworth. Real. Ding. She's from Illinois. Charles Palantine. Fake. Ding. He was in Taxi Driver. Pete Ross. Real? Eh. He was uh, in Superman. Wow. Kevin Keeley. Real. Eh. That was Gene Hackman in The Birdcage. Holy shit. Bob Roberts. Fake. Ding. Fake. (laughs) Uh, Arnold Vinnick. Real. Eh, He was on the West Wing. Uh, Uh, Howell Howell Tankerbell. Fake. (laughs) That I know. (laughs) Shit, I do Tankerbell. (laughs) You have crossed the line. Uh, Harrison Fisher. Real. Eh. That was from the Dead Zone. Oh, wow. Pat Geary. Real? Eh. That was from The Godfather. Mon Mothma. (laughs) Fake. Ding. (laughs) He's from the Star Wars. And that's the game. Yay! Yay! I did pretty good. You did pretty good. I had, a, I had a really good run in the middle. You did, yeah. You got uh, six wrong out of more than that. So congratulations. <laughs> got six wrong out of more than yeah, that. Yeah, uh, you win our prize. Oh, what's the prize? Here it is. Oh, thank you. You're so welcome. <laughs> well, goodbye. Well, goodbye. Never going to mention that. <laughs> and uh, know what I would never mention? Um, I wished my wife alive. <laughs> this... This makes me crazy. Infuriated How me. do you not know how to make a wish at, at that man's age? I wish for my wife and I to exist in the life that we had peacefully and healthily together with no problems and everyone is great. 
with what's happening. With what's happening. And all of her skin is there. And we still have all the money. Right. One wish. Wish one. I wish for a million wishes. Wish two. <laughs> uh, 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 softer toilet paper. Oh, that's like a steak on my bottom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like a steak. <laughs> steak in your bottom. Can you imagine the opulence to wipe oh, your bottom? Oh, just wiping your ass with steak. <laughs> Throwing, into Throwing the away toilet. filet. Flushing <laughs> full filet. Oh my god! Oh, and then just oh, rinsing off with the gravy bidet. So gross! Um, oh, that is disgusting. That's more terrifying than this whole episode. Yes. Well, this made me crazy. He wishes his life, his wife, were alive, and I'm like, motherfucker, she's dead with a broken neck. Yeah. You need to wish for her to return to you. Return, Return to, to you, you in the condition prior to her death. Yes. That's the end. The least you could wish. And his narration is, and she wasn't there. For five days she wasn't there. And, and I like, laid out flowers and lingerie, which was very uncomfortable. Right, like, you... Is this the same? We saw her. Right. But like, <laughs> you Not that she's unattractive. It's, well, but she's you don't just... lay out lingerie for me. It seems that he's looking at old pictures of her. Yes. And instead of wishing for his wife of when he first got married, he just wished his wife was alive. And uh, so he gets uh, nothing because she's in her grave. Yeah. Which is what happened to Buffy when they brought Buffy back to life. Spoiler alert, guys, for a show from 15 years ago. And they did it better on Buffy. I don't doubt it. It isn't until he's with the Coffins doing a quality check that he realizes that Coffins lock. Or how about she's buried, you idiot? I fucking Yeah, where did you leave her? Can you remember where you left her? Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Where hey, do I oi? I wrote down, hey, where's your wife? <laughs> I'll tell you where she is. In a coffin in the ground. So he goes to the graveyard. Like, I'm, I'm coming for you, babe. Digging her up. And you do hear, like, the scratchy, scratchy. Yeah, that was, that was cool. That was cool. I was good with that. <sighs> and now he's popped it open, and she is, <laughs> hey, guy's dead. Yeah. But she's alive, so she's a zombie. This part, also infuriating. She's got maggots all over her. She looks gross. She looks like one of the They Live people. Yes. Oh, uh, great. Yeah. With three maggots on her. And he uh, he unstitches her lips. They've they've got that detail. Right. And uh, her first words to her dear husband are... <gasps> before he kisses her, and then she straight up tries to kill him. Yes. Because I guess she's a stereotypical zombie? So, so he wished, what was his, literally, what was the wish? I want Marjorie to be alive. I believe it was, Because I, I wish my wife were alive. Because I think of a zombie more as the, 
the living dead or the undead. So I don't know that I would consider a zombie to be alive. Like it's animated, but is animation a lot like living? Because a zombie doesn't have circulation. Well, this monkey paw has gotten a lot of mixed signals. Yeah. He doesn't know what to do. So he's just like, you want a dead thing back to life? That's zombie. Yeah. So you're just going to get a zombie. And she is attacking him. So, like, there's an e- there's a very he weird bites her evil ankle. dead yeah. thing that happens here. Yeah, and then here. he chops her up, kind of. He's... The monkey paw goes flying at one point. Her hand starts cl- because crawling I guess, after it. I guess she sees it, and she's like, well, I'm dead. Maybe I can get another three wishes, and one of them will be that I'm not a zombie. <laughs> he cuts her hand off. The hand starts doing the it's walking independently. And then he finally gets the monkey paw and he goes, as you were. <laughs> you could still wish for, I want things to be the way they were before she died. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait. 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 Uh, now what it meant. Yeah. <laughs> I would like my whole wife. Yeah. Back. Happy to see me. Alive with the regular pulmonary. And, uh, and, exactly. I didn't say period yet. Still no period yet. Terrible. Anyway, it plods on and it goes back to the room. And you can pretty much tell our femme fatale is like, this some bullshit. See you later, idiot. Yeah. See you in the morning. She, did we say she's stuck there because the roads have flooded or something? Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's a real, like, riders out. Right. Why did she stay? Oh, the roads were flooded. Okay. How about she's in traction? Yeah. Was it raining? It Was, was it raining at the beginning of the... Yeah, at the beginning of the episode, okay. absolutely. Okay. I'll allow it. Well, the scene ends... And it's about to be the next day. But before we do that, let's take a little break. And we'll be back with more transmissions from the dark side after this. Recently, when I became deathly ill, I was able to summon an ambulance, my next door neighbor, my family, and my doctor without picking up a telephone. I used this remote control to contact Life Call, my 24-hour emergency medical response service. Watch. You just press this button and speak into the air and... I'm having chest pain. I'm calling paramedics and your family, Mr. Miller. I've fallen and I can't get up. We're sending help immediately, Mrs. Fletcher. See? Protect yourself with Life Call and you're never alone. To get complete free information by mail about this affordable medical emergency response system, call toll-free now. Life Call can save your life, so call to get free details by mail right away. For free information about Life Call, call 1-800-872-9100. That's 1-800-872-9100. How many times have you said, I've fallen and, and I, I can't, can't get, get up? A million. Yeah. Believe you me, I had such sensitivity when this commercial came out. Oh, yeah. We laid into this commercial. It was It was this... It was the clapper. The clapper was exactly where my head was And where's the beef? 
That was the trifecta. Yeah, those were very powerful ads. Yeah. This is a very powerful ad, actually. I mean, uh, I definitely remember it. It was made for people our age to mock, but, uh, you know, a very serious concern that I'm sure but that, sold a lot of life alerts. I am absolutely certain. Like, it stayed in the public conscience because of I've fallen and I can't get up. Yeah. Said in that sweet Brooklyn accent. <laughs> it stayed in the public conscience. Yeah. Because if it was just the life alert part, like the way he says I'm having chest pains. Yeah. Everything about it is unfortunately comedic. Yes. The topic is very serious, but yep. the delivery is comedic. Yeah. Like her beginning is I was deathly ill. I'm rap tap tapping on death's door. Yeah. And now she's like, I'm fucking fine, man. Yeah. Life alert did the job. There's something amusing about falls. I do them all the time. They're not really that funny, but I've fallen and I can't get up. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's funny. Fucking comedy gold. Yeah. It is because that that implies that there could be a banana peel somewhere. That's a pratfall, my friend. If there's a banana peel. You know I'm going to go yoink, zing. You know I landed in a bucket. And you know if you know if there's a banana peel somewhere around, somebody has a djembe, and they're just dying to play a little, a little rusted root. <laughs> you know what? Whoa! Oh, let's get into this prance oh, circle. This feels like something you would be expected to dance to when it's like, we had a thing in a yoga class and it's like, guys, come on, let's dance around. Everybody off your mats. No, you can get off your mats. I'm like, no one wanted to get off their yoga mats to dance. And this sounds like something one would be expected to dance off. No, find yourself free, free of constraints. Just move your arms. All right. And somebody's hit their life alert. All right, well, let's just turn that down. Seems like there was a little much, you know. I can't stop dancing. (laughs) I'm having happy feet. (sighs) But I do know that thing of like what you're just talking about where like they won't get off their mats. Mm -hmm. I'm the same way. Like, I don't know how I could have done so much improv and so much stuff that's like so outside. Society said to stay in this space. But, like, then you get me in a work setting, and it is like, no, I don't do that here. Yeah, yeah. And it's like... And That's I my think, secret identity. <laughs> well, I also think that it's there's a part of me that goes, if I start... I'll never stop. I'm not going to stop. Yeah. And then it becomes, Matt's the funny guy. Oh, yeah. And, like, I don't know. That seems like the worst to me. Even though, like, I can do this show and, you know, cut up and yeah. have fun and laugh way more than I should at everything that we talk about. Yeah. Maria Bamford has a bit about working in an office and, like, trying to not be the funny person or people would come up and say, oh, you know, you're a comedian. You must do jokes. And just her awkwardness. and Yeah. It's just something that I'm like, no. No, I'm just a, a weird person. Right. Like. That they don't ever want to talk to yeah. you again. 
I would like to hold your pretty hand. And we're back. We got a whisper thin third act, baby. It's the next day, and Carmen San Diego is standing back in her trench coat and her hat. Buddy, you and I have been through a lot. Jen, we have seen... We've seen some shit. We've seen some shit. But what's about to go down is some of the most cornball shit (laughs) I think I've ever seen. It's really bad. Now, at the end of the evening, he left the monkey paw out. She grabbed it, and the paw did not return to the three wishes. Which means that the third wish still hasn't come true for our man Whitey. Now, it's the next morning. Whitey's there, and he's like, you're a killer. I know it, and you're going to kill me. And she goes, I'm not a killer. And we get this flashback. She is... In the hospital with where we began at the beginning of the episode with her dying husband. Yep. Who says, just end it. And instead of smothering him. with Yeah. She shoots him point blank in her, in her all black spy gear. Why? Why? I'm like, that's a hardly assisted suicide. Yeah, that's... that's cold-blooded murder. His final words are, wait, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> yeah. uh, just use all the morphine that's right. All the morphine drip you just put on yeah, just, just turn it up. All right. He dies. Where did she get the gun? Uh. Too many questions, not enough time. Yep. The, the, this show story. Yeah. Now, it flashes back, and they're in a room that has, I guess, we didn't describe the mortuary, mortuary, mortuary. very well, but it's also a funeral home, mm-hmm. and it is... There's a rustling fire, a sitting room. It's a glorious palatial estate, and, uh, you know, verandas... Sitting rooms, smoldering fires. Swooning couches. Well, she is like, I am not going to kill you. And he goes, I can't do it myself. That's why I asked for you to be here. It was my wish. And she takes the... Monkey's paw. And throws it in the fire. Now, folks, if you haven't seen this part, don't. Don't (laughs) fucking... Just skip. Get a hat. Get ready to hold the fuck onto it. And this, watch something else. This dumb fuck <laughs> puts his hand into the fire. And you know, if you've ever had to put your hand near or by a fire, it is a quick flipping action yeah. to get your hand out. Because historically fire is hot. Correct. Or you grab another utensil to grab the thing that you needed mm-hmm. out of the fire. Yeah. He thinks, you know, it's a good idea my hand and you know what i should do with it just rest it lovingly in the fire now take my sweet time here's something else that i don't know if you know jen but uh skin isn't flammable (laughs) clothes are flammable correct uh but the last time i checked 
He's not wearing clothes on his hand. That's true. <laughs> because he basically pulls up and he's the human torch. He pulls his hand out and it is, he's El F- en Fuego. <laughs> Was this supposed to be supernatural flames? Because she shoots, he's well, like, they, just do it, just do it. The CG looks shitty enough to yeah. make it look supernatural. And so she shoots him and then he, the flames go out instantly. Instantly. Because the wish has been fulfilled. And he's like, thank you. Cough, cough. Cough, cough. Here's another problem. He says, I can't do it. I can't kill myself. That would be suicide. Why not just tell the monkey's paw to do it? Well, here's the other thing. You wished for your murder. That's suicide. Yeah, dink. (sighs) This guy. Just let time do what it does. Yeah. Steal your life away from you. Anyway, she, um, you know, she does the most common thing all murderers do mm-hmm. after they shoot somebody cold blood. They She runs out the front door with the gun in her hand. <laughs> and she gets to the hearse. Oh, God. And now she has the monkey paw with her. And the monkey's paw has reset. Because uh, because the wishes were fulfilled by her killing him. Now, we haven't set up much for this monkey paw in terms of wishes. But all you got to do is think about wanting something. Is that said in the episode? No. I am. That's sitting- not how she's not even holding the monkey's paw. She's. Thank you. It's so, like the monkey's paw overheard her. Let's let's set up the scene. The at the beginning of the conversation between our femme fatale and Whitey, it gets set up that there is a hearse outside that she can take once Whitey's dead. Keys are inside. And she's like, okay. When she flees very haphazardly from the crime scene. After she shoots Whitey, she throws the gun, her hat, and the monkey's paw, and the monkey's paw into the passenger seat. Now she is looking around the car. Now the monkey's paw has to get the grain across the passenger seat, but it ha- it cannot take the hat at the same time because the hat will eat the grain. Now here's the thing: nobody has passed go, so two hundred dollars <laughs> have not been collected. But someone did choose a spin to spin to spin the choice. choice. Yes, that is. Hang on one second. <laughs> Let me just murder <laughs> myself. <laughs> this is so convoluted because she. So I, she's looking for the keys, and then she looks in the visor. It falls down, and then one wishes down. Yeah, the monkey's paw, one finger curls down. So I guess she, she never for the keys to show but up. She never she says, say it. I wish I could find those keys or, or monkey's up the paw, paw, find the keys or nothing. The wish goes away. When she turns the key on the ignition. And you can tell that she's wishing in her brain, oh, car, please start. It starts. Wish two down. She got one wish left. 
Now she is in the morgue. She is in the morgue where the police have recent, as recently as last night, have been the morgue at the hospital where she is being pursued for murder. Yeah. So she walks right in, uh, <laughs> spilling DNA out of her hand. And she walks to her husband who has been shot and is missing his eye. In deeply conspicuous dress, I might add. And, um, no, yeah, yeah, she's, she's dressed like a child's thought of a burglar. Yes. (laughs) She might as well be wearing the mask. Yep. Neighborhood Watch is watching for her. And, um. The nice thing about morgues is they're so easy to get into. 100%. And there's never any lights on and nobody's in them. Right. Now here is, um, one of my favorite things in this episode about to happen called, um. Oh, I didn't listen to your story. I'm sorry. Because she just heard a story from a man who wished his wife back to life. It's like she only heard the first part. It worked? Yeah. Yeah, but it was perversely fulfilled. (laughs) Well, goodbye. Well, goodbye. There's a whole second part where she tries to kill me, but all right. Ah, You're young. You'll figure it out. Your cooch is tight. Um... She goes, rise. Is that get what up. she said? Get she up. She said, get up. Yeah. Get up. And then uh, it he doesn't come back to life, which if he did, he would come back with half of his face missing. So, cool. Small, small mercies, I guess. So, and then for some reason, the lights go out. And she goes, God damn, God it, damn it, Whitey. Whitey. And then... Every dead body in the morgue rises. And it kind of works. It's I was cool. Like, yeah. It's cool. And then he rises. Her husband rises. And then he just mauls her face. Yeah. And a bunch of blood. Kisses her to death. And you see a bunch of blood. Fall on the monkey's paw. Does the monkey's paw reset at the end? Yes. It okay. does reset it. All right. So that way we know she is she is dead. What did she say that... I wish they would have done something. She had to say something more explicit at the end that made was like a misspeak or just saying get up. I don't know that that was no enough worse. to make all of them get up. Well, and here's my other thing. Hey, monkey's paws. So you're good enough to find just the keys and start just this car. Yeah. But you don't get that the get up is just for her husband. Is the monkey's paw fucking with you? Because he did say that it was... The it's point of the monkey, the monkey's paw, the curse was like to be careful what you wish for, or something like that. Right, that fate. Yeah. And uh, eh, some stupid. Bullshit. That's the episode. Let's go to the writers' room. There's so many problems with this episode. Yeah, no. I like the idea of. I mean, I'll always question a monkey's paw episode, but perversely fulfilled wishes is. Uh, it's. I mean, it's tri- it's tried and true. Yeah. Pet cemetery, you know, bringing bringing your loved ones back, back. and they're never quite the same. Uh, totally, yeah. It totally works, but where this episode fails is how convoluted it is. Because it sets up way too much. And it pays none of it off in a satisfying way. Right. Like, we get this whole backstory about him and his wife and this monkey's paw and then he has to die because he wants to die. And then she wants to save her husband, but she... D- 
Was was there any reason for her to be all mangled and him to fix her up other than to just get some gore into the episode? Because why couldn't she just have, you know, knocked her head and shown up at the door, you know, having smothered her well, husband? That's the whole thing is that she is there because he wished her there. But she could still she could still be there and not have to end up on his gurney in her underwear pulling a gun on him right you're talking about like the method in which she arrives Uh, yeah the uh, her her being in carmen san diego gear with a gun and i don't i I don't the whole setup why was any of it in the in the uh i would rather mortuary portion I, i would rather see the classic Find a monkey paw in the bazaar type scenario or the guy who flies it back like in Hellraiser. Like, yeah. I would rather have a unfortunate setup or a smoke room, like a yeah, smoky room, arms deal type setup. And then somehow they stumble across it. I don't know. This... There was no pay up. There was there was no reason for him to even be a mortician in it to be a. I mean, if it was just her, you know, car accident victim shows up at the house, um, you know, you see her, you know, soaking wet and, you know, she passes out and they're sitting by the fire talking. He's wrapped her in a blanket. I got it. I got it. Keep the episode 100% as it is. Once she shoots him, he he goes... Open the rosary locker. Yeah, and then he find she finds his final wish, which is three pages <laughs> of exactly everything that just happened. And she's like, "Oh shit, yeah. I can just do that." Yeah, like it is just like, and then I will be the Human Torch. <laughs> you will shoot me. I will hit the ground. I will say thank you. I will then uh, say check out. (laughs) Check this out. And then you will check it out. And then you'll know how to use the monkey's paw. Yes, that. I would. Honestly, if that would have happened, I would have been over the moon. I would have. I would have loved it. Because it would have just been so... There wasn't anything that felt, like, smart that wasn't the first thought that came into someone's mind about how to write this. It didn't work. It missed... It missed the reason why we were there. Mm -hmm. The reason why he's there is because he wants to die. Mm -hmm. But he's involving her, but she isn't a murderer, Mm -hmm. but she will murder... Like... There isn't enough of her story to make me care about her. You know, if she led like, I didn't murder my husband, I helped him die. Yeah. And then he would have been like, oh, well, you're going to do that here, too. I don't know. I. Yeah. Eh. Jen, give us a scale. Uh, scale of one to ten rosary lockers. Four? I guess so. Yeah, four. Four it is. I'm disappointed. Come on, Creep Show. Go out with a bang, please. 
Um, uh, Matt Rose should be back next week. Thanks for your patience with us. Um, more creeps. We're doing our goddamn best. You know, it's the holidays. We're hanging out. Yeah, it's the holiday season. It's a boo Then you come sit on my lap. Daddy's going to tell you a story. Did you guys take Rosemary Rosemary to see Santa? Okay. We didn't do it year one, and I doubt we'll do it this year. Okay. It was suggested to us that we do that for Andy's first year. Unless it's a thing for you. No. Honestly... I don't even think we're going to do the Santa Claus thing. Oh, really? Well, we're not, I, we both didn't grow up in Santa Claus houses. Okay. I mean, I grew up and there was a Santa Claus, right? Okay. But it was one gift. It wasn't every gift. Okay. And I hear, Our house was every gift. And I hear that that's some houses where yeah. it's every gift is Santa. <clears throat> yeah. I think when every gift is Santa. Yeah. It's a more crushing blow. When you find out it's your parents. Mm, interesting. But when it was just one gift. Yeah. It was like, and you guys got it for me anyway. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it was always more about the giving spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and Catherine grew up with, uh, we Santa Claus. We do what St. Nicholas did and. We give gifts to each other and, okay, you like know, that. it's in the spirit of Santa yeah. Clausing, not so much as Santa bought all this stuff. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll probably do it eventually, but it's mm-hmm. not like a go-to. And right now, like, she wouldn't get it so hard. Right. Like, Andy's probably would just be like. Oh, yeah. He is years away from it meaning anything. Yeah. And the environment will crumble before that so, exactly I mean, yeah. we're all gonna fucking we're all, die in a fireball yeah you can get in contact with us at t from the dark side on facebook and instagram tfdds pod on twitter um jen am i forgetting anything try to enjoy the daylight, try to enjoy the daylight. bye, bye. Yeah, that's about enough Transmissions from the Dark Side is hosted and recorded by Jen Hansen, Matt Rose, and Matt Noss. Edited by Matt Noss. Hosted by Gabber Media. Our theme music was composed and performed by Slasher Dave. You can find him on Bellyache Records. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at T from the Dark Side. And on Twitter at TFTDS pod. Email us at tfromthedarkside at gmail.com. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight.